The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Brandon Peters show. Here's Jessica. Hi, welcome to the show. We are here to discuss the 2020 Netflix film Hubie Halloween. Oh, thank you so much for joining the Brandon Peters show. And I am here with your host, Brandon Peters. Hello. Thank you for having me on my own show, Jessica. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for letting me voice your show. Oh, of course. (laughs) Thank thank you for voicing my show. Um, Before we get to said show, quick reminder for everybody, my 4K Blues Day Back to the Future contest will have a winner announced tomorrow on the YouTube channel, but you need to get those entries in today because I record that the day before Tuesday. And what you have to do, remember, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter, Brandon4KUHD, and YSOBlue on Twitter, YSOBlue. Then tweet out, Hashtag, give me B2F Brandon, which sounds like I'm giving you something you don't want to give to someone else. But that's the hashtag we have. And but to face? But to B2, <laughs> B2F? B2F, back to future. But, okay, sorry. But but to face, yes, but to face. That's the second Usually place. it's ATM, right. but B2F will also work. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to win but to face, there you go. All right. And my... <laughs> Oh, my guest today here is, as you've heard already, Jessica Alsman, who you can hear weekly on the Bob and Tom Show and on the podcast Fun Town. Hello, Jessica. Hello, Brandon. Thank you for having me. It's great to finally be on the Brandon Peters Show. As if you haven't been on it every week so far. Well, you know, saying more stuff and thanks. There you go. Stuff and thanks. Yes. So you and I, we met at PopCon in like 2016, was it? Yeah, zero prep. I hosted a podcast award show with, again, no prep. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, here, go do this. Great. But you and Colin won two awards. Right. For great sports. You're very enthusiastic, which made me feel better about hosting. That hey, someone's having fun here. I believe I was, because I really, I felt like I had something to prove when I went there. I was like, I need to win this. Like I was so confident in my podcasting stuff that I felt I was going to let down if I didn't win that. So call me cocky, call me whatever, but I was really behind my product. But I believe I was so enthused. I think we leapt to the stage and then I think I just gave you a hug. It was the greatest Ran, thing I ever. Didn't, I didn't realize I did that. I was just like elated. Again, enthusiasm. It was amazing. <laughs> and you other still people were like, to this oh, day. I guess I won. So I'm, yeah, here. And that's my, yeah, it was crazy. And talking to you afterwards, it was like instant friendship. Like it, yeah. it was no courtship. Not, it was just like, boom, we are, we are friends. And so you later became a frequent guest on Colts and Cavalcade. And now you're on every episode here. Oh, I am so, honored. Yeah. No, I'm honored. I, I'm the lucky one here. And I've been telling people in interviews and stuff that while the show carries my name, I like to point out that there is a team, and I consider you a big part of that team. Wait, also, you tell everybody this, though? I do tell the people this. So am I supposed to feel special? Well, maybe you. I, I I'm meant, just kidding. I meant Thank you, that, Brandon. No. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Yukon Jack. There we go. <laughs> this is one of them drinking podcasts. Oh. It is. I'm sorry. It was getting a little sentimental. They're talking I, uh, about I don't you cry. Halloween, but here's the edge. They're drinking. The Canadian... Hold on. It is the, well, Yukon Jack is the Canadian black sheep of liquors or something. So it kind of goes with Hubie's girlfriend from Canada. Right. Yes. Yes. Your vocals class up this show before I go and word vomit all over it. And then you (laughs) clean it up at the end. The people appreciate that. And they have enjoyed your voice. I have heard many positive things. So you're on the Bob and Tom show, of course. And where does not so much your love for things in media, but your desire to work 
in media and as a talent come from? When did you decide, where was the thing that flipped the switch and said, that's what I would like to do? Oh man, I just grew up loving comedy and in the Midwest, central Indiana, the Bob and Tom show was on the early nineties. Again, I was like maybe five or six in the car with my parents listening to this way too young with some of the bits, but it was just funny. And I wanted to make other people laugh. And I really enjoyed being the class clown, the one that would act out. Some girls are trying to be pretty and I'm going to be the weird one that just wants to make people laugh. And then again, growing up with Adam Sandler movies, like I loved Sandler, number one on the top five laminated list. And as I got older, of course, it turns into a respect thing because, you know, we're both taken. So (laughs) I admire him. I just really appreciate him and everything he's done because he does what he wants to and doesn't care about anybody else. So him and his friends are making movies and making people laugh. So it's kind of like my drive. I just wanted to be silly. And then I end up weaseling my way into the Bob and Tom show since I'm still here in Indianapolis, which is awesome. It's kind of an office setting for some of the things I have to do, but it's the greatest office ever. And everyone's really supportive and fun. Did I answer that question? That was good. That was good. What oh, thank was, you. What was the, the first time that you got on air to be a part of the group on the show? The first thing I ever did for them was I voiced a bit. I did a Lindsay Lohan prison diary. And oh. that was like the greatest thing ever <laughs> for me. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm being a part of a bit. I'm a female voice. I can do this because, you know, it's like, hey, we need a woman around here. And someone was like, you're kind of, you're kind of quirky. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. And that was exciting. Name's and then, Jess. Just A. Oh, so oh, I lost my mind. The first time I ended up going on air with them technically was during like a beer mile. I was running and participating in some event they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I made a joke about at the very end of it, because I ended up beating one of the guys who was overweight. But I'll take it. And I was like, yeah, it's nice when a girl finally finishes first. I know. But then the first time I was actually on air in the room, absolutely terrifying to look at Tom, Christy, Chick, and be like, "Um, I'm going to say stuff into this microphone now. But like, I just froze. But Pat McAfee was in there at that time and Todd McComas. So it kind of helped because it wasn't just like me in there. But at the same time, I mean, I still freeze sometimes. Yeah. Like, do you like if you're talking to someone that you're you? I mean, I grew up listening. I put them on a pedestal. Right. So I get really intimidated. I sometimes my over talk like the first time I met like Christy, I met her at like a party and that she's someone, you know, like you, I grew up hearing and listening to. And then I was just at a party and I just wound up being in conversation with her. And I decided like I was like, you know what? I'll just try to be myself and talk and. Then she really, I mean, she really got along and she wanted to be on my show and <laughs> came on there. So that was, I guess that was fine. But sometimes when I'm nervous, I will over talk, maybe. So oh, like, same. I don't freeze, but I'm like, I'll walk away and be like, oh, stupid. Why? Like I had an interview where I kept recently with someone, like I was talking to somebody or, and I started saying like, my friend at the end of it? Oh, like, oh, my friend. But I'm like, I don't say that ever. Like, I that's not me. Why would, who, who got in that I would go, oh, that's really cool, my friend. I'm like, no, I don't, that's not in my lingo. But it was right. for that time. So, yeah, sometimes, I I don't know. Sometimes the, the freeze will come when I'm expecting them to talk longer or something like that. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I have to go now. Um, Not prepared. But yeah, I, I get you. There's different habits of nervousness. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Or they'll say something, and then I end up talking on top of them. I'm like, dang it. I couldn't even wait. I was so excited to say something. (laughs) That happens a lot. Or I just start mumbling. There was a time when I was working at the station. I'm weird, right? So Nirvana Mm -hmm. was playing, and I'm just meowing to it instead of singing the words. Meow, (laughs) meow, meow, meow. Because it made sense to me. But Tom came out, and I didn't realize he did. Mm -hmm. And again, it's before I ever worked for them. He's like, looking around. He goes, Oh, I thought you were on the phone. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, I'm just meowing so casually. And like, why didn't I filter that in my head? And he just gave me the bug guys like, okay, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> but just weird stuff like that. Or I'm yeah. Mumble. Maybe I speak gibberish sometimes because of Adam Sandler. I don't know. He just ingrained in my head. Going around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You have Fun Town, 
which yeah, this last time we like weren't recording vocals for this show, you had Dockheads, and now you have Funtown. Oh man, Todd McComas, comedian, former cop. You may have heard of him from. Um, he used to be a part of the Pat McAfee show. He branched off and he started like this little podcast empire and he does so many podcasts and one of them was Dockhead's podcast. Mm-hmm. And what was happening, he ended up bringing me into fun town, just switched everything up because he has 1041 for life, Dockheads, and then fun town with other comedians, which it's him, Austin Real, Jeff Oskey, who I work with at the Bob and Tom show. Mm-hmm. And then he brought me in to have a female on, which is nice because I'm not technically a comedian. I don't go on stage and do a tight five, but I'm weird. So it's fun. So I switched it up. We switched it up. I, I don't know how he just switches brains. Like, okay, today I'm 1041. Mm-hmm. It's true crime. And it's yeah. his stories are so great to listen to because he has great interviews. And again, he was a cop. He did a lot mm-hmm. of detective work. He did undercover work. So he knows a lot of the logistics. Yeah, it's good. I recommend 1041 if you like true crime. That's the podcasting sweet spot right there is the true crime. I did see a one of the funniest tweets I ever saw. I was like, if I ever get murdered, I'd like my death to be solved 10 years later by a group of bored 40-year-old <laughs> housewives. At least he's a former cop, so it's fun. Yeah. It's no, like, uh, yeah. He works with other detectives that used to be on the job. It's a personal um, interest. It's a career. Yeah, that, that's a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. We've been in pandemic, things change, whatever, but like, do you have any, I don't know, shorter term aspirations right now or things, any kind of reset focus lately or something you're pushing for in the near future? Oh my gosh. I, this is the year of, right. Like I would just like to be able to wake up every day and get dressed, maybe do hair and makeup because I can get away with just looking like a slob and go work because I basically work by myself. Mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So goals of getting up and getting dressed and then eventually going back out on the road and hopefully maybe join Todd, Jeff and Austin like on stage doing comedy, there you go. traveling around. So that's a goal. Besides that, just, you know, waking up and breathing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hang in Indeed. there. How about you? What are you doing? You just developed the entire podcast. No big deal. Like yeah, this whole- I... Not doing much, I guess. And you just do like just you just do like one podcast a week, right? Yeah, just one. Just well, every you know, every once in a while I podcast something. Just like one that. every time the day ends in one. <laughs> every time there's a day, <laughs> sometimes two. I've been guessing, uh, and then they'll drop stuff. So I'm like, oh, I got something else I got to promote today, and I'm like, you know what? Get sick of me because that's what I want. Man, you know, social I, media is rough. I but that's my one of my work. My so I've been much more social media focused for this show than I was the last. Yeah, the social media stuff, it's exhausting because I got to i gotta plant the show here, here, then here, and here. And then when I go to like Instagram, I got to do something kind of different. I have to sell it differently there because there's no links. Yeah. Uh, and then the link in bio. Yeah, well, no. Uh, but, look, people, it's really hard. I have trouble just posting in my everyday life, let alone if you're mm-hmm. running a show like Brandon. Give him a break. Like uh, his posts. Retweet them. Right. You're helping everybody out. Yeah, um, it's fine. It's a it's a process, and I found in podcasting, it's really. I'd like my social media stuff to be. It's going great so far. We're early. This is not even a month old. Well, as of recording, uh, when this comes out, we'll be over a month. But like when I look at my subscribers and my listeners, it's like astronomically more than what my social media presence is, and it's really weird and. I, I can't grasp it, but what do you um, call your listeners? I don't have a name yet. What? Like yeah. BPers or I uh, cannot think of anything. Brand Deadheads. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. Maybe, okay, listeners of the Brandon Peters show, what do you want to be called? <laughs> Tweet at him or comment on Instagram. Do it, please. Do I'm it. asking kindly. And sign up for the butt to face contest. Come on. More contestants. You get a free copy t- of Back to the Future. <laughs> I'm doing the Hurley boy over here from SNL. He's a clean boy. Let him sleep <laughs> in your bed. <laughs> I'm not going to beg. It's Halloween Eve. Danger is a flip. I'm going to make sure every citizen in this town is protected. 
What is that, monitor? Looks like you made that sash from one of your mother's scarves. <laughs> <laughs> There's something off in this town. We got an untold mystery here. I say Marco, you say Polo. Marco! Weirdo! Oh, Hubie, don't go out there. Shalem needs me. Not sure what's happening in this creepy town. The police department is advising everyone to stay home and lock their doors. Ah! What are we screaming at? <sighs> you know what I think done it? A werewolf. Think you've been watching too many scary movies, Louise. Hubie Halloween. It's directed by Stephen Brill, who, working with Sandler, has done 100% Fresh, that comedy special he had, Sandy Wexler, The Do-Over, Mr. Deeds, and Little Nicky, and he's notable he broke into directing with Heavyweights, which you really quickly know that in this movie, and it stars <laughs> Adam Sandler, Julie Bowen, Kevin James, Ray Liotta, Kenan Thompson, Steve Buscemi, Maya Rudolph, Tim Meadows, and I'm going to stop June Squibb. Because there's others all over the place will hit, and I'm very sure of it because this is loaded. <laughs> the film tells the tale of the most harassed resident of Salem named Hubie Dubois, a man-child scared of everything but wants to be the source of security and protection on Halloween night. But this Halloween has an escaped inmate from a mental facility, possibly a werewolf, and people mysteriously disappearing. Here we are, Jessica. We are talking Adam Sandler. Finally. Finally. Ah. Yes. And that is actually one of my favorite things about you is your absolute love and devotion to Adam Sandler. And you touched upon it earlier, but give us your history of it. Like some of your biggest moments as a Sandler fan and some of the craziest stuff you've done as a Sandler fan. Oh, gosh. The earliest. I just remember... Seeing Billy Madison. Well, I think it was SNL. My mom woke me mm-hmm. up out of bed the night he sang the Hanukkah song on SNL. Like, oh, Adam's on singing. Because like, I'd watch him. I didn't stay up that late to watch them. She'd get me up. And then I'd watch him like later. Loved it when Billy Madison came out. Blew my mind. It's like, he's so great. I think I did a speech in high school about Billy Madison. Like in speech class. Because why not? Yeah. I, I did odd speeches too. I showed... I showed I showed the end scene from Dawn of the Dead, the George Romero one, the original, where all the bikers get torn up by zombies and they're eating and stuff. I showed that. I did a speech on zombies and I showed that to open because she's like, you you know, what's important is to get people's attention right away. Get people's attention. I, yeah. I didn't do that. I just sang the suntan lotion song. Oh, there you go. And then went into my whole thing about happiness. But no, I just uh, became a big fan and started watching all of his stuff. Big supporter. Early on, you can start counting the Easter eggs, which is even mm-hmm. more fun because when you're a fan, you're like, oh, he did this again. Oh, he did this again. Oh, that's so-and-so. There's so-and-so. And it's just the nerd out stuff. The weirdest thing I probably did, because again, eventually you turn into, I don't want to be creepy, but I would like to meet Adam Sandler. Well, technically they came to town for Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And then mm-hmm. Sandberg promoting That's My Boy. And I worked at the radio station that had premiere. Mm-hmm. At the time, Dan Patrick was doing his show, which Premier carries. We were able to go to Victory Field. And it was when Sandler was actually doing the interview with Dan Patrick. I'm losing my mind. I got to see him <laughs> up close with his friends, like Dante, Alan Cover, and John Lochran. Mm-hmm. And I just like kind of froze. Like, you can't do anything. I'm just, right. just standing there. But then again, there's like all these other media type people or people taking photos. Because critics love to take a crap on Sandler. Oh, like, yeah. We will, we can talk. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Bug off. And after that, I think when he went on the road, he started doing the comedy tours. Heck yes. We went to Denver for one of his first ones where they took questions from the audience. My dumbass again, doesn't raise her hand. <laughs> and some hoe bag in the back's like, can I hug you guys? And he's like, yeah. And she runs up on stage, gets a hug. I saw Tim Meadows and David Spade smoke weed. That was cool. So we saw him in Denver, we saw him in Louisville, and then in Indy, we got front row seats and made these shirts, and he acknowledged us. And it was like the greatest thing ever. And you know what? He, he goes, oh, those are really cool shirts. I like those. And all I could say was, thank you. So quiet. I froze. <laughs> I could have said, 
oh, you like this? You're the greatest. Or do you want it? Or some crap. Nope. Froze. <laughs> but Donnie and I did get to meet Dan Beulah, who plays the piano and writes the mm-hmm. songs. Okay. That was cool before the show. And Dan Beulah makes his cameo in Hubie Halloween as the grave digger. Uh-huh. Look at that. All the info you didn't even want. There you go. No, I want. <laughs> I want. I am like the piddly scum. You're the expert here. So I'm And excited. went to Charlotte, North Carolina. So technically, I'm in his Netflix special when it shows the outdoor venue. There you go. And the audience, you have to pause it and zoom in. But we're in the second row. It's exciting. But he I sang to us, too, in indie. Like the thing where he does with the flashlight. Mm-hmm. He ended up singing to Donnie and I. And again, I'm just like geeking out. Like, this is happening. Hello, Adam Sandler. My name's Jessica. Yeah, so stupid. But I've gotten to meet Rob Schneider, Tim Meadows, Kevin Nealon from working at the station. So that's amazing. Jennifer Coolidge, but not the Sandman. Like not actually meeting him. And I remember like he played basketball in the Pacers. I'm always rooting for him. And I think one thing that ticks people off is he's just like a genuinely nice guy and good person. And they never... Critics, writers, gossip, tabloid people just never know how to deal with him. And he's like me a lot of times where I don't understand the concept of like, oh, you have to dress this way or this way. He usually just, you know, T-shirt and jeans guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he'll he go to places like that. And they're like, oh, look at him. But I'm like, you know, who, when did we start going like the suit and tie? We have officially declared that is how the nice dressing is or like I dress for comfort because I, when I'm comfortable, I feel more comfortable being myself, I guess. Yeah. But like he, he's dressed like that. And there was a story with the Grammys in 2009. He was supposed to, he was presenting Dave Matthews band performance and the Grammys people were having a fit over what he was wearing. So it's like Dave, corduroy pants or sweatpants. And yeah. His and, shoes. and Dave gave him his jacket. He's like, just put that on. Is he fine now? And they're like, yeah, I guess he's fine like that. So he took Dave's jacket from his suit and had to go, you know, introduce like that. So that was pretty interesting because those two are best buds. And like, that's why I think Dave like probably asked him to be the one to introduce them. But yeah, he's just chill, <laughs> you know, and Here's he loves kids and yeah. Yeah. A tie in to your back to the future. Tom Wilson. Yeah. does a little uh, comedy. He has a song called Stop Asking Me the Question. Because, you know, it's usually like, what's Michael J. Fox like? He's yeah. nice. He does that. But in that song, he says, who's the nicest celebrity? And he says, Adam Sandler. Mm. So there you go. B, 2, F, and Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So he's had this. We're, we will talk Hubie, folks. Don't worry. We're just getting. He has had this Netflix deal for five or six years now. Is that? Oh my gosh, I don't know when it even happened, but it was a great F you to the critics. Right. Like, cool, I'm going to make money and do what I want. So does it kind of does it kind of bum you out that you don't get to see him in the theater as much anymore? I mean, you get him at home, but I'm a person, I like to go to the theater. I like to see yeah. what I like in the theater, but... I always saw his premieres. And it's, a, he it's a weird question release. to ask right now, I get you it. Know. But. <laughs> he used to release his movies... There was always one around November, always around my birthday. Oh, yeah. Like the mm-hmm. water boy was right around my birthday. And it's it was the greatest thing to go. Except for when I took my friends to see Punch Drunk Love and we just like turned 16. Mm-hmm. They were asleep during it. And I'm like, yes, it's kind of heavy for us right now. But in five years, I bet it's going to be great. <laughs> A little deeper than I was used to. And definitely right. them. But That caught people off guard. So like every, yeah, every so many years, he, he proves to us that like, you know, he does what he wants. He has fun. He goes on, he makes, he has vacations and shoots movies on them, basically, it seems like. But, but then he comes out and he's like, damn, he is such a good actor, too. <laughs> like when he uncut gems recently, which people are like, oh, see, I'm like, dude, we say this every time. Like, Punch Drunk Love, people said it. Spanglish people said it. Like, every, Love every time, Spanglish. funny people, like, they, they always come back with it. And it's like, yeah, he's kind of like, well, you know, in the case that Nicolas Cage, every eight, there's like a genuine bona fide great movie that he makes with Sandler's performances with every so many, he'll go back and do that drama stuff. Like one of my favorite that never happened Sandler movies was Collateral. Like he was the Jamie Foxx role in the original concept for it 
with Russell Crowe was the Tom Cruise role. And I'm like, I want to see that movie. Like, I can see it in my head. Yeah. But I would have loved to seen that movie with him as the driver. Man, Uncut Gems. That was hard to watch. Even I'm like, oh, God. This but is intense. It, I need well, a massage the after. They really so give good. you the, the anxiety and the feel. Like it, you're supposed. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are like, oh, this is too much. I'm like, you're supposed to feel like that. You're supposed yes. to feel the pressure of every moment, and that's how this guy lives every day. And that and means it works. It works. Which is it, BS. He didn't get nominated. He should. Like why? Because, why not the nomination? Like because all the oh. old white guys didn't even bother to see the movie. Right. Like, Adam Sandler, the uncut gems from two popes, which I can't think of his name. Bless his heart. He's going to heaven, but you know. Yeah. But were you really better than Adam? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's. But I'm partial, so. No. No. He totally did that movie. That movie should have had a lot more presence all around. The Softy Brothers are really good, but yeah, the critics with Adam Sandler, you know, he's making not so much dick and fart joke comedies, but like his. He was always rising up against them, like his whole mm-hmm. career from probably from Billy Madison onward. I, I can't remember if they liked Airheads or not. I think Airheads is secretly brilliant. <laughs> it's it's the dog day afternoon done with the radio station, and I've o- I've always loved that movie. I always loved the movie Bulletproof. Nobody oh. talks about it. Him and Damon Wayans. I absolutely love it. And James Caan. Yeah, not to be confused with the Gary Busey Bulletproof. <laughs> What the fuck is this? Your worst nightmare, butthorn. McBain. Yeah. <laughs> Bulletproof 1996. 96. Yeah. Uh. So one of my favorite things that happened, because there's a there's like a genuine charm and wholesomeness to no matter how out there his comedies are, when Big Daddy came out, and I think that got bashed reviews too, and that one had like one of his biggest openings and everything. They took the poster for Big Daddy and the one where they're peeing on the wall mm-hmm. and they had the wall say like 40 million opening or something like that and they were peeing on the on the floor where they were peeing were all the critic quotes that were Hilarious. bashing it. I love like Big that. Daddy. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that movie. Yeah, and I I mean I was the wedding singer that was a movie that absolutely caught me off guard back in the day. My friend and I were hanging out and we we're like, we need something to do. We got this party to go to tonight. We're like, well, let's just go see the wedding singer, I guess. It's Sandler. It didn't look whatever. And we were like, oh my God, that movie was amazing. Like, we really enjoyed that. And I, I haven't liked everything he's done since pro- like the early 2000s. There's hit and miss, but I always go in hoping for him. And my, my wife loves Adam Sandler movies, so I get to watch a lot of them <laughs> as well. Yeah. But I'm never against him. And he does hit genuine stuff here, like with. Hubie Halloween, which I guess is his critically his best reviewed movie since The Wedding Singer, according to a lot of people, which seems wow. like a long time. You know why? Conveniently, his next movie after Uncut Gems. So the <laughs> oh, they, yeah. are like, oh, he's so great now. Because yeah, he's got to make up for it. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. So I mean, some of his movies have some stupid stuff, but I'm like, it's stupid stuff. It's a comedy. Comedies are going to miss times time mm-hmm. to time too like i went into jack and jill so excited because i love gap girls on snl i love me some sandler two sandlers what's not to love mm-hmm. it's a great idea <laughs> but it it kind of got hard to but hey again not your favorite i'm a supporter yeah it's not my favorite doesn't not mean you gotta crap all over them like cool there's we'll so use, many options out there watch something else then we don't use the word worst we'll use least favorite yeah, you gotta something's gotta be the least favorite. There you go. So Sandler, like, does he have a thing with horror movies at all? Because he's Hubie Halloween's flat out, but he's had little Nikki and then the Hotel Transylvania movies, which are based on classic monsters. Does he have like a, a knack for those or not really? Not that I know of. I think little Nikki, I don't know how they came up with it, which it's also a Steve Brill movie. And it's fun because you have like the guy that's playing like the, or he plays Chicago backwards and you hear the devil. Right. Yeah. It's funny. Hilarious. Uh, but it's not too scary. Hotel Transylvania. I don't know if they just decided to tap into an untapped market. Like, hey, let's do an mm-hmm. animation film. It's going to be fun. All my friends can voice stuff and yeah. let's go this way. But that I have no idea. Yeah. It's just funny because I'm like, he's touched upon horror stuff before. But yeah, little Nikki, I, I like that one. I know people hated that one, but I like that one. I thought it was fun. Popeye's and... chicken's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did you pay attention during Hubie Halloween? Like all the horror movies, they were, you know, 
paying homage to. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they had like, I mean, in the background too, they had like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. They threw stuff in there. Yeah, there was. It's like Jaws where mm-hmm. George Wallace is like, I ain't shutting this place. It's, you know, Halloween in Salem. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, they actually, I don't know, it, it, it reminded me of when the priest was hanging upside down, Michael Chiklis, at, in front of his house. It reminded me of City of the Living Dead, Lucio Fulci movie, where a priest hangs himself at the beginning of the movie. But just the kind of the lighting and stuff reminded me of it, but it was upside yeah. down. I, that's probably too deep a cut to reach, but it reminded me of it a lot. The movie they're watching at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. And it's based off of, I think, a real one, Zomb- my zombie teenager Teenage- or something. There was like, I was a teenage like, werewolf. That's a movie. But I think it was a teenage zombie. Yeah. So in that movie, instead of uh, showing that movie, though, it's actually his buddies again. It's like Alan Covert, mm-hmm. is it Martin Hurley and JD. They're playing everybody. So again, it's like, oh, I see. That's Alan Covert. There they are. Do you want to go over the, the Easter eggs first? Oh. There were so many. This is like the movie made for the Sandler universe, the Sandler fans. And I'm probably the worst person to watch a Sandler movie with for the first time because (laughs) Donnie and I are watching it. He's the type that he's quiet. He wants to watch the movie. Don't talk. But I'm like, oh, there we go. You see what they did? Oh, they did that. Oh, that's this. So I may have missed a few, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna reach for the deep ones because okay. anyone can find some of the obvious. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do some reaching, possibly. I had to. Maybe I'm making shit up. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I was proud. I was like, oh, that's Colin Quinn there in makeup. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, do you want to start this? Yeah, that's what I said I mean, you should start. Go sorry. through it. Let's so start excited. with the Easter eggs. Ah. Oh, first off, you got the Happy Madison. Uh, his dad, Happy Madison Productions, pops out for the mm-hmm. logo, and they deck him out all Halloween, all spooky. Enjoy that. And how L making a cameo? I did not see that coming. Mm. You see that mustache, that mouth. Yep, it's so good. Oh my gosh, special delivery. And you're like, <laughs> and the fact that he actually referenced, he says, "My na- see the name, check out the name tag." How L? Because why case they you were wondering. L? oh it's so good so that was very exciting and (laughs) when you hear adam sandler for the first time as hubie which for some reason i kept want to call him hubby i think that's a (laughs) hubby halloween (laughs) yeah it worked hubie dubois you hear him talk i was like oh boy is this canteen boy and then he's carrying around that thermos and i'm Mm -hmm. like you know what i think it is this is canteen boy voice and uh did it bother you at all no, I just knew he was doing it. He's done those before, like Waterboy and yeah. Canteen Boy. That's one of one of his. He's not. He doesn't have like a wild range of voices with characters. He's got a couple, and he uses them quite often. So it'd been a while since he'd done one like this. I just I loved it. And then, well, eventually, I was like, "Oh no, is this wearing on me?" And then it comes right back. I'm like, "No, it's not. I enjoy it. Thank you." The, the only the only time where it comes into concern, but then you realize it's like an Adam Sandler comes like Julie Bowen's really going for this, like. Oh, yeah. She's like the most popular, but she's always had a thing for him. Yeah. She's like always had a thing for him and like still has a thing for him. I'm like, with the voice, uh, sure. Fine. Fine. Yeah. Julie Bowen, Violet Valentine. Violet Valentine. Going back to the V names. Like his name's not Hubie Halloween, but hers is Violet Valentine. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I didn't make that connection with Valentine and Halloween. Adorable. Mm hmm. He loves the V names. And I thought I heard somewhere that he started using V names for the women because his older sister, Valerie, okay, was saying something about like nobody has a V name. I don't know if she didn't like her name or she's just like, no one has this name. And, you know, so mm-hmm. he was like, oh, yeah. How about Veronica Vaughn, Virginia Bennett, Vicky Valancourt, Vanessa on Big Daddy. Then there's Valerie Barron or whatever her name is on that little Nikki. Oh, wow. He intertwines those V names, and then he broke it for... He alliterates them, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Winona Ryder, she had a different name. I kind of forget what it was. Fake name. <sighs> oh, gosh. There's that part. <laughs> they make a lot of puby jokes. Yeah, they, puby. They did that a lot. It's like, that's, like where, that's, their, that's their slam on him. Hey, puby. You think, I don't know what they mean. Which, when Ray Liotta showed up, I was wondering... Did they originally want the guy that played Shooter McGavin? Christopher McDonald, yeah. Yeah. 
And then you got the O'Doyles. They're back from yes. Madison. Little redheaded brat kids. O'Doyle Rose. His wife's in this movie. So Jackie, here's yeah. a fun little whatever. Jackie Titone and Adam first met on the set of Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. She was the waitress that asks Frankenstein, like, who do you want to win? And he says, the goddamn judge. So that's Jackie. And then she's been in the movies pretty much, I think, almost all of them ever since. Mm-hmm. His kids are in it, Sonny and Sadie. And they had a huge role. Yeah. They've been in his movies since like 51st Dates. Ah, yeah. Is this Easter eggs or do I just sound weird? No. <laughs> I did enjoy the thermos. I, I kept thinking like Inspector Gadget. Like it was like things Inspector Gadget would do. Like the umbrella. Then he had the, oh, he had the the Batman. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Grappling hook thing. <laughs> yes. That was cool. Oh my gosh. That was a really funny scene. I did like, oh, we get right away. Like he is a dodging expert. Like these people in town just like as a collective hate him and try to throw stuff at him. And he just dodges everything coming at him. The funniest one is when he catches the eggs in his soup and he's like, <laughs> drink it Rocky Balboa style. And then immediately vomits, which I had that happen to me one time. I had, <laughs> I was at a party with some people. I went back a house to a house with some friends of mine. And they were there and something, eggs were out. I don't know why. I'm like, yeah, you know, the people used to drink this for breakfast. You know, Rocky and then the guy at the beginning of Never Ending Story, the dad, Gerald McRaney. And I was like, yeah, watch people do this. And I drank it and I was good for like five minutes. And then I went out and it came out. I'm like, who does this? Why? Uh, so I tried yeah. it because that's what don't Rocky did. Don't do it, but people. Don't do it. Quick PSA in this movie for not doing that. Kevin James plays a cop. I wonder if that was like a little play off of Paul Blart or maybe not. Maybe it just works because he has to be a cop. Was his hair but- because of that other movie he did? <laughs> the <laughs> the one he just recently had where he was the stalker killer guy. I was like, is that why his hair's? That's why we're going with this? Man, I don't know why. I was. Mm. And they kept, I enjoyed the, it. The running gag was that you look like a Muppet. And I, I didn't like, see that. I was like, what? What, Which Muppet? what Muppet? Okay. I'm going to look up the Muppets. The In the band, maybe? I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. The stuff that they're throwing at Hubie, which, again, the whole movie. There's a flaming mm-hmm. arrow at one point later in the woods. And I'm like, Robin yeah. Hood's after him? But the kids, they throw bags of poo that's on fire at him. Oh. Billy Madison. So that's exciting. And then Yellow Doyle rolls. Turds. Steve Shimmy is the neighbor. I love Steve Shimmy. I, I love that whole thing with him and because uh, he's might be a werewolf mm-hmm. that's the thing and he finds him in his basement with like poop on the ground and he's like do you have a <laughs> dog in here and then i love when he finds him in the woods and he's, he's like eating out of a pumpkin like yeah <laughs> it's just something that just i was trying to think around like why is this happening and it just didn't make any sense to me so it was funny because it didn't i just like this this is just so random i i think i thought he was there. a werewolf yeah do werewolves eat pumpkins? Is that what? I think they'll eat anything. Pigs, okay. pumpkins. Gotcha. Because he did kill the pig. Yeah. Won't, won't, won't. Peanut. We do learn that Hubie pees the bed when he refers to his ghost sheet, hmm. which is just no. like Bobby Boucher on The Water Boy. Oh, okay. So Mama would say, did he tell you about his bed wedding problem? That's his sheets right over there. And it was like the same like spotting almost too as The Water Boy. And Hubie lives with his mom, mm-hmm. his mama. So got that little tie-in. I don't know why I love watching Adam Sandler punch things. I don't know if it reminds me of Happy Gilmore, but like he keeps getting scared throughout the movie mm-hmm. from his own decorations. And when he tries to knock one out, I, I love that. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, but his he, mom. Oh, when he gets in the house the first time, he knocks that yes, one out. That is, I just lost it. Oh, I was like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> And his mom is wearing all these shirts that she gets. That's my favorite thing in the movie. Is she's like, oh, they were so either like clever or just so dumb. You have to laugh. And starts with boner donor, which boner is another word for a mistake. Like they used to call a guy's name used to be boner on some TV show. Growing pains. Yeah, he's the son of Walter Koenig, who is Chekhov on Star Trek. That was boner, and he passed away a few years back so just there but yeah bonus mr siva <laughs> i like how they trickled it through the movie though like whenever oh, he yeah. would mess up like sorry that's my boner that's my boner it's like i don't <laughs> think he knows what because he's trying to like like he's bringing it back or trying to sound mm-hmm. hip or something she had okay 
the shirts. I was trying to find them all because I was like, oh, I really liked your shirts. I forgot to write them down. And then like nobody's listed them out anywhere that I looked. But I did remember there was, <laughs> if you can read this, you're in fart range. <laughs> and then another shirt, happy Halloweener. It pointed, <laughs> it pointed down and there was a boxing shirt, a boxing shirt she had that said, I'd hit that. There was Hilarious. That. At the end, she had kayaking gets me wet. So, but that was my favorite one. That was yeah. Those are the best. They saved the best shirt for the last one she wears. Mm-hmm. But there's one when she was on the news. I can't remember what it said, but they were all they were funny. I, I oh like my that gosh! Part. Oh, the thermos, the running gag. I mm-hmm. forgot all about this. So he does pepper spray, but when he goes to take a number two or a dump later, mm-hmm. it's oh, yeah, a he's... candle in the bathroom to help uh, hide the smell. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Oh my gosh. Okay. So in his room, his bedroom, there mm-hmm. is a poster of Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Reminds me of Happy Gilmore. Must be Burt Reynolds or something. Say, I love this. You do all the homework and I sit and enjoy it. Kind of. I'm almost a little too, I'm just geeked out about it. So this is the first time I'm talking about it out loud. Again, watch there's going to be a lot funny. of people that watch Hubie Halloween and didn't think it was this deep. And now they're And like, I'm still missing crap. stuff. I am still missing stuff. So Damn. now you have to go and find what I missed and yeah. yell at me or tweet at me or something. But yeah, Jackie Tatone is in this. Uh, she plays Tracy Phillips. How funny and accurate is this? All the news anchors are all dressed as like sexy Harley Quinn. That was Quinn. so hilarious when they cut and they cut. And then the one, oh. the, the the little girl is dressed as Harley Quinn. So I thought, funny. Actually, being, a per- like, you know, being at a lot of conventions and stuff, that is just dynamite they just would have mm-hmm. had like eight deadpools too you'd been all set but oh my gosh the harley quinn thing cracked i was like okay i'm in for a good time here right from the beginning they have jokes that are landing like unique jokes landing really good i'm reaching so colin quinn just being colin quinn be kind mm-hmm. of the same demeanor as the, his character in grown-ups but that just yeah. might be colin quinn's <clears throat> that's what he brings to everything. that's what he it, does it's funny colin quinn brings the same thing to everything but sometimes you see him, and it's the same thing, and you're like, ha, Colin Quinn, and then you'll see him and be like, man, Colin Quinn drama. And it's the same vibe mm-hmm. that he has there, and it's quite interesting how he can do that. When they're at the, the Salem Witch Museum, which <clears throat> Hubie is a descendant of, you know, like, what, six generations or something, his great-great-great-great-great-great-grandma mm-hmm. was put on trial as a witch. She was burned at the stake. Womp, womp, womp. But it's funny because the little Puritan lady at the museum, he's trying to give her like, here's all this stuff I'm doing to help, blah, oh, blah, yeah. blah. She throws it in the trash. I had this whole vibe of the old lady from Billy Madison, the, you know, if peeing your pants is cool. But that was a total reach. That's like not even a real one. That's like, oh, is she going to say it? She didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about it. Oh, man. But oh, in the graveyard, uh, we see Dan Beulah. He's the one throwing dirt on Sandler when he's in the grave. He falls in. And Dan Beulah, he wrote a lot of the songs that Sandler did on the 100% Fresh tour, 100% Fresher. And he plays the piano on that special. So it's nice to see him in there. He went to IU. Oh. Fun fact. And yeah, Sandler's kids. Like, they had big roles in this. Sonny and Sadie. Got to get a job now. They're getting older. Yeah, and usually they just make cameos, but we get Dan Patrick. I love seeing Dan Patrick. The assembly scene. That's where he's like, today in lieu of recess, we have (laughs) an assembly speaker. I was like, wow, how horrible for those kids. (gasps) One of my favorites, they're being mean or booing him, and he's like, he's a human being. He's a human being. Oh, that's good. oh, but he does his whole thing. You got the O'Doyle kid sitting at a table and there's this little fat kid. I'm sorry, chubby kid, overweight kid, whatever you want to say. Big boned. Um, yeah. And I'm like, is this the fat kid from Billy Madison? You know, oh, stay yeah. here, Billy. <laughs> it's not the same. Again, reaching folks. But people again throw stuff at Hubie and one of them ends up being a dodgeball to the face. Right. Yep. A la Billy Madison, which was awesome. And then later you'll see in the credits, he does a take where he catches the ball and does the, uh, now you're all in big, big trouble and throws it at the camera. So which, yeah, you were you were right there. That confirmed what you were reaching Oh, for. my heart. Again, just seeing that dodge with him in the face. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're doing, he's literally just, this is all for the fans. This is yep. just a little too much. Was it distracting for you or is it like just no. naturally flowing when you see all that? Still flowing. Still flowing. And I don't know if it's because I wanted it to be that way 
I I want to see him do this. Mm-hmm. There was no Robbie Schneider yelling, you can do it. Right. So that would have been random and distracting, although that character has been in more than one movie. A lot of the actors' kids are in this, though. Like Kevin James has kids in this, oh. Alan Covert's kids, um, Steve Brill's kids. So you can have fun and look for them. Tim Hurley, this is such a random thing, and I'm <laughs> jumping way ahead. Okay. So Tim Hurley has wrote a lot of stuff with Adam, and he usually makes a cameo in the movies, really small roles. Like in Big Daddy, he was the kangaroo. He dressed up as a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. And in this, he's a wild bear, I think, out in the woods. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the wild bears oh, like, that okay, goes after yeah. him when he runs the radio station. I don't know why I jumped to that. I put that out of order. But this, again, a stretch, folks. You had Shaq, oh, the radio gosh. station DJ. I was like, who is this going to be? when it happened because they they keep the radio dj mysterious and then all of a sudden oh it's it's Shaq. such a beautiful female voice you're hearing on the radio which i was so surprised i'm like wait we have a live dj that's on all day that doesn't exist anymore on wtch in salem massachusetts though right on halloween but it ends up being Shaq. holy crap in the radio station you can see bobby was it bobby pickett or monster mash album in the background that's kind of oh, okay. cool again another stretch so his wife i forget how they end up saying it because shacks with a woman it sounds like a man right yeah they're eating they're sharing like the sandwich in this really grotesque manner which to me reminded me of mr deeds when they're at the fancy restaurant mm. and it's the couple sharing the spaghetti and you know gross is that a reach no probably not you thought the dodgeball thing was a reach and then it confirmed in the in the post credits, so oh man, Hubie saves a cat. He saves a cat in Mister Deeds. There you which go. Yeah. That cat's face, amazing. When it does the oh, oh. and Melissa Villasenor from Saturday Night Live. Yes, who I like uh, who, but she's oh. great. I was glad to see her in this. Hubie, when he goes to the corn maze, he starts to mm-hmm. almost run like the animal Rob Schneider, oh. the animal Happy yeah. Madison. That corn maze scene was genuinely effectively shot. Like, that was really, it was creepy and had good lighting the way they moved around with that dickhead Freddie Mercury. Ugh, what a turd. Which, how exciting to see Bill from Stranger Things all grown up. Yeah. (laughs) The whole time I'm like, Bill, you hit puberty. (laughs) It's exciting. Good for you. That's true, yeah. Good thing you moved two towns over. We can explain that. (laughs) When they're trying to figure out who the bad guy is or who the murderer is, they try to, they, you know, they think it's going to be Violet Valentine, which again, I'm like, holy crap, this makes sense. It's her. She's trying to get rid of people that it are being makes sense that she's mentally deranged and likes Hubie. That makes sense, right? Yes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, man. But when they say, oh, no, the call is coming from inside your house, he yells, Mama, and then I'm going to go steal a boat. Which is just like the water boy, you know, mm. he ends up getting on a fan boat and taking off to make the, you know, the mud bowl or whatever. Right. <laughs> mud dogs in the bourbon bowl or whatever they were in. A reach. And I love every time they try to disappear. <laughs> they him and his mom both yell, Frankenstein, they point, everybody looks. And mm. they're like, oh, are they choosing Frankenstein because of Frankenstein on Big Daddy? Oh. Or maybe because he's a monster that shows up hey. for Halloween. <laughs> It all makes sense. It's uh, there, there is a calculated effort from him to reference so much of his stuff in this movie. There's so, stuff I'm missing. I know I, I am. I think your reaching isn't much reaching. He's pro- If you listen to the show, be like, damn, she found it all. She found it. Like, nobody's gotten that one yet. They're like, oh, gosh. I was really excited because when I was watching it for the first time, Donnie asked me, he goes, do you think the guy that escaped from the you know mental institution wherein the pig mask or whatever. And it's like, who's that going to be? Yeah. He's like, do you think it's going to be one of his people or do you think it's going to be someone completely random like a George Clooney? Right. Like, you did not see that come and I go, it's Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen him yet. It's going to be Rob Schneider. <gasps> and he goes, it could be. And then it was. And I was like, I knew it. Even though I didn't know. I was just guessing because he didn't show up yet. But it would have been cool if it was someone completely, like Brad Pitt's in there or Jennifer Aniston. You're like, what? What? Yeah. Well, I like when he showed up and they just kind of lingered around. They're all calm and collected about stuff. And then when they, we showed up with the cops, like, mm-hmm. why did we bring these two? <laughs> it's like there's no one else in the office to watch them. 
Only two cops in Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, and they got two escaped mental patients who are fine with going back to the mental facility. Just so funny. <laughs> so it's so funny. Oh man! So at the end, you realize it's actually his mom. Yeah, that has been kidnapping all these people. Which the whole time I'm like, oh dang, did not see that coming. Yeah. It worked the misdirection, but. Since she's like super strong because she opens stuff for him and she's Kidnaps able to Ray pull Liotta. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like sucks them through. Like they, it looks like they're getting pulled by a demon gorgon or whatever right. you call it. Does that mean she's a witch? Because then she also Ooh. does a little cackle laugh. Yeah, this thing hits at supernatural like all all throughout. And yeah, I thought it was going, is there going to be a monster in this? Is that where we're going here? <laughs> and I was like, nope, he's not a werewolf. Nope, he's not this. But yeah, there's the, the whole pulling back thing. But she could, could be a witch. She could be. Oh, man. But it's so great. Then he gets on camera. You see Hubie make out with, like, the camera. And mm-hmm. Violet makes out with, like, the her TV. Very happy Gilmore as right. he's making out with the monitor. I want to kiss you all over scene. Delightful. Then he becomes witch. the surrogate foster father. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then everyone respects and loves Hubie. I almost said Hubie Halloween. They all respect <laughs> Hubie Dubois. <laughs> Hubie, Pubois. Hubie Doobie, yeah. Oh, my gosh. When Tim Meadows is, like, sucking on his own pretend fingers, though, does that turn you on? I was so grossed out. Oh, and then she's like, men's fingers? Sucking on men's fingers? (laughs) Oh, and he did his inhaler. She goes, now that's what turns me on. He's like, really? She's like, no. Like, my my Rudolph's on fire here in this movie. Yeah. Oh, she's great. I I, I had this weird, like, generalized thing about in general that this movie opened my mind to but have you ever noticed um when a movie or a television special or something sets itself on halloween that there's this like strong desire and fondness for it to take place in a small town like every like the movie halloween takes place in a small town illinois and every time like this takes place in small town salem when Movies go for Halloween and stuff. They they go like small town. It's never. Mm-hmm. It's always. Is it like scarier in a small town than if you're in a big? Well, I think like, Salem was picked because of the witch. The witches stuff, but it's also you know small town. But yeah. I, I I was thinking about like I always whenever it's like oh it's Halloween this it's always in a small town. I get unless feels. Ghostbusters you want to count that. Oh yeah, Ghostbusters. But, but yeah, you're yeah. right. It's like it's um, always the desire to have the neighborhood and the the little small town mom paw shops, not like yeah. going to Target or something like that. But it's, it's always harder to get away with murder or mayhem with more people around. I guess so. I guess so. I just it was unlocked in my mind. I'm like, you know what? All these movies that happen on Halloween, it's always small towns, small this, but. Stupid random Brandon thoughts. That's what it was. Well, yeah, even Stranger Things, little right, yeah. tiny town in Indiana. Hawkins, Indiana, like the, I guess, less people to debunk things. I don't know. <laughs> or the the feds won't be there fast enough. Or Yeah. Please tweet at Brandon all of the movies <laughs> that took place on Halloween in a big city. In a big city, yeah, the big party. And there's a barn party. Like, I never went to a barn party for oh, Halloween. Did. You did? Mm-hmm. I missed out. Yeah, growing up in rural Indiana. Yeah. There's many places to go. That was an interesting scene where he's like going through the barn and, you know, taking the the, uh, vape from the kid and he breaks that thing. I'm like, aren't those expensive? (laughs) Oh, we didn't have a barn party with an actual band. A little too legit, but. Right, yeah. But it actually was in a barn. There you go. With some straw and. Somebody throw me a barn Halloween party someday so I can. Capture some magic I missed out on as a as a kid. The credits was really good in this. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. It was fun to see all like the takes and all the times um, Sandler's you know doing his rah. And they have a really nice dedication to Cameron Boyce. Oh yeah, right. It was really nice. And I wasn't expecting that coming. I was like, oh man, yeah. It's been fun here tonight, folks. But uh, here's Cameron Boyce. All right. Uh, well, like, it's oh. so. It's just nice because he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't forget about him. Like he made nope. an impact on him and. Um, Boyce played his son in Grown Ups. That's right. And I think Sandler made a cameo on Jesse, I feel like. I didn't watch Jesse. I feel like I read this. <laughs> so it's like a... Yeah, they bonded. I don't know if this is... If you'd like to make a donation to support... Right, yeah. Boyce um, and what he was about. It's a thirst project. Okay. 
and it would provide clean drinking water and wells throughout Africa. But he did suffer from epilepsy, so you could maybe donate to the Epilepsy Foundation. Excellent. If you'd like to, you know, show your support and love for Cameron Boyce. I know I miss things, but it's okay. Really geeking out about it. I appreciated it. I really liked it. Yeah. I, did I did you like too. it? I did. I did. I really genuinely did. I was like, this is charming. I was like, I want to, I like it. It was like, okay, I want to watch it with my kids. They'll like it. That's what tends to, he tends to do with his movies too. He makes them, he's got stuff in there that you're like, well, that's stupid. I'm like, you realize a kid is going to laugh their ass off. Right. To it. Like they're going to, the I, jello man with the wiener and the balls. Hilarious right. at the very beginning. That kind of stuff kills. And I always think a lot of times when I write, with my critic mind stuff, like they never put on like, you realize like there's stuff that kids need to have for kids, right? Like we don't all laugh the same. Like there's different Mm -hmm. age groups of humor and stuff. And I always am aware of that. And I always write my review if I'm writing for a kid's thing. And I'm, I always am attentive to their reactions. And I report that in my reviews too, because you know what? I might not be the target audience for that. Yeah. It's an angle I like to take. There's plenty of that in here. And it's just, funny and the stuff that might be questionable they're not going to understand maybe everybody i still don't get how everyone's always throwing stuff at him even when he's running through the woods so maybe that's just a gag for the kiddos because it doesn't make any sense like who's shooting the bow and arrow at him well it's a lot of slapstick stuff too so yeah that's yeah that's good i had my my daughter i was watching it the second time and she came down for a sec and they were talking about the the boner shirt and she goes I just, I don't know what that word means. I'm like, it's fine. It's just a silly word. Yeah, okay. (laughs) She's later later that day. Oops, my boner. That's my boner. Yeah, that's what they'll do after this movie. Boner's going to take it back to what it it was. was Oh, fantastic. That's what now and then did. I was like, what's a hard on? Boom. Oh my gosh. If you're not if you don't if you're not a Sandler fan, watch Hubie Halloween for the t-shirts and the thermos gag. There you go. I I think it's a funny movie. I think people should watch it. You can. It's on Netflix, and I think a lot of people have, and I think a lot of people have been pleased with this movie. So will you make it a Halloween tradition to watch it? I might. It's one with the, like one to watch with like the kids and stuff, because I, I try to find those mm-hmm. where and I think there's stuff in here that could scare them too a little bit because they're younger. Yeah. But yeah, I'm always trying to find something that I like scary stuff. I like horror movies stuff, and I like to get them in and show them different things. And it's nice to have something like this. And that's, I enjoyed it myself. So, yeah. And I'm a sucker for like the seasonal stuff. He, he gets a lot of the tropes of making a Halloween night movie right. Like he gets his, he gets the town right. He gets the atmosphere right. He get their lighting's great. The props are awesome. So mm-hmm. he, I mean, beyond just being a funny, enjoyable movie there, it's, it's nice to look at just in general too. Yeah. It's fun to see people dress up again, maybe because you don't have to pay for the rights for the costumes, right. but everyone's just a generic, a monster, a ghoul, like, Oh, there's mm-hmm. Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. It's exciting. What else? This is a segment on the show where we talk about other things we have taken in recently or work we've put out in the world. So, Jessica, what else have you been up to? Besides working at the Bob and Tom show, I do a weekly podcast. It's at Funtown Pod on social media or at Funtown Podcast. You can check that out with Todd McComas, Jeff Oske, Austin Real, and myself. Lots of fun. But as far as like what I've been doing is basically watching TV. And I just mm-hmm. recently discovered all of the Vikings type shows. And I cannot get enough of it from Vikings and The Last Kingdom. Where have I been? <laughs> it's fantastic. Between that and Outlander, just random rabbit holes. That's what I've done during quarantine. There you go. Yeah, I, I've been slowly trudging through Haunting a Blind Manor because I just kind of want to take it slow and not go through it. I'm trying to appreciate episodes as a whole themselves nowadays a little more. I, I I will pop a couple episodes in a row of things, but I'm trying to slow it down because what's the hurry? Haven't even started it yet. No. I want to. We just haven't been able to match up, mm-hmm. which is it's always fun. We have to wait. For, you don't have to, but you right. choose to wait for your partners. So you can watch it together. It's always fun. Until we do you that never... once in a while. Like certain shows yeah. we do, but I'm I'm faster at things, so <laughs> she falls asleep a lot. So I don't like to rewatch and rewatch before I can move forward. It's better that way. 
Oh man, do you like what we do in the shadows? Yes. I freaking love it. Yes. Watch this TV show. Watch the movie too. Yeah. But please go watch the TV show in FX. Don't just watch the first one and go, boo. Please keep watching. Go like one or two, three in. Fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. It is so good. For me, I also have a guest spot on Forgotten Films with Todd Libano. I've been on there a couple times, but he asked me to come on there and talk about this new show. So I was very happy that, about that. And we talked about this wild exorcist knockoff from the 70s called Beyond the Door, <laughs> which is crazy. And I believe Warner Brothers sued this movie and won because it was so too much. Close? Yeah, too close. Ugh. Yeah, they don't do it with a child, they do it with a woman, and it's a beautiful disaster. It was fun. It was really fun to talk about that with Todd. And I recently crushed it on Blu-ray reviews here. I have uh, Flintstones Complete Series Blu-ray review up, El Camino, uh, the Breaking Bad movie from Netflix. There was a steelbook came out of that. Adaptation, the Charlie Kaufman, Spike Jones, Nicolas Cage, Meryl Streep, Chris Cooper won an Oscar for that movie. You get two cages in one in that movie. Oh, wow. Twins. It's a... It's a really interesting, it's it's Charlie Kaufman, so his mind is, but it's about him following up being John Malkovich, like Nicolas Cage plays Charlie Kaufman, and then there's this, bro, he has a twin brother, he doesn't have one in real life, but he added that for the movie, and it's about him trying to write his next thing after being John Malkovich, and they even go to the set of being John Malkovich in it, it's... <laughs> That's a weirdness that he brings. I just love it. And I have the Captain's Collection Blu-ray, which is William Shatner's made some documentaries about Star Trek, and one of them's about the Captains, and then he turned it into a TV series about the Captains, and then he did uh, one about the making of Next Generation called Chaos on the Bridge, and Get a Life, which is about Trek fandom. So those are all there. And I've also been watching a plenty of Italian horror and giallo movies to prepare for the Out Now special I'm recording, just some ones I hadn't seen. And I'm also, I got my Friday the 13th box set today, and I'm going to dig into that when I have time. Oh, jeez. So much stuff. What's your favorite Friday the 13th if you had to pick? Final chapter. And I I tell people, if you only watch one Jason movie or Friday the 13th movie ever, it's final chapter because it's got everything the first four films did at the best they can be done and at the beginning it has a little recap that kind of builds the legend of jason and stuff and has clips from those movies and it's got the best gore effects because it's tom savini and joseph or joseph zito who directed it it's got the best cast it's finally not local community theater new jersey people it's you know crispin glover's in it Corey feldman uh, the guy from Last American Virgin, the girl from American Ninja, just people kind of, re- not that I need recognizable people, but it just feels elevated. And I just, and that Jason scared the shit out of me when I was younger. Because huh? I was like Corey Feldman's age when I watched it. And I was like, oh crap, he can come after kids too? Shit. <laughs> he has no morals. And he was this little horror dork too. So I'm like, it was speaking to me. I was like, oh gosh. So that one freaked me out. That, that That's my favorite one. So I'm very excited about this box set. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So, and yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, Jessica, you are the best. And I am beyond thrilled that not only have you on here for the first time, but also talk some Adam Sandler. Oh man, and I'm sorry. I geeked out a little too hard. That's all. That's I'm, what I wanted. I was like, must stay professional, use mid-tone range voice. Instead of like, oh my gosh, did you see him get in the face of the ball? Oh, there was a flaming bag of poo. We'll record that version next. <laughs> so uh, where, where's the best pe- places people can follow you around at? Oh, find me on Twitter at JN Alsman. That's A-L-S-M-A-N. And then Instagram is at Jessica Alsman. All right. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Brandon4KUHD. And we're at work on Why So Blue. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube page, which I'll be back tomorrow on for 4K Blues Day. But for now, remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. 
Additional information on this and other episodes at thebrandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at thebrandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. Catching some Z's, huh? Did you go pee-pee while you sleepy, huh? I heard you can't hold it in. Hartman. Hey, you quaking in your boots? You better be, because I'm your new attendant. The name's Hal L, and you're in my world now. <laughs>